Voice of Faith with Nae Lupondwana, 7 to 8 p.m. Welcome, you're listening to Facts of Faith with me, Nayel Lupondona. It's five after seven. We are together until eight o'clock. As per usual, we invite you to participate into our program. I say in our programs because this is your program as well as it is mine. It's ours, therefore, and I would love you to take ownership right from the very beginning. Do not wait for me to say the lines are open. They're always open. So when I actually say the lines are open, I'm simply repeating myself so that you do know that you can start dialing and having your voice heard. Tonight we're asking the question, a very simple question really, are all deaths God's will or all according to God? Well, I'm sure you've heard a lot of people and this seems to be in vogue for one reason or the other. How people would confidently and very proudly say gone too soon some people say oh oh how could you leave us so early oh death where is your sting we almost all the time attribute one or the other the responsibility for taking our loved ones through death now there's a group that will say God has taken this person and, well, which is, I nearly gave you my opinion. And then there are those people who are saying, oh, how, how could, how could death rob us of this gorgeous soul, this spirit, this human being? Oh, we need more of these people, but we know this person is not dead. He is in a better place, looking down on us. All of that stuff that sounds weird, but wonderful enough for people to say it over and over and over again. So, the question we're asking for tonight is, are all deaths God's will? If it is God's will, how would you say it's too soon? How do you arrive at the conclusion that the timing of this death is untimely? Listen to us report. He met his untimely death at the ripe age of 43. No! What makes this age ripe? What makes his death untimely? If it is God's timing, how do you contradict your own God and say the death of this person which if it's according to him is his planning who determines the timing of people's death now I'm sure you understand that in the wake of so much so much havoc wreaked by COVID-19 I should say COVID-20 and now COVID-21 of course that's not the point Let's not discuss the number, which is suffixed there. The point is, this COVID has killed so many people. And the funerals we attend, we hear a lot of people saying these things all too often. 
So we need to understand if we're saying these things, is it because we believe that some deaths are not according to God's plan? Is it because we are suggesting and outwardly, openly and notoriously declaring that this particular death was not according to God's will? What exactly are we saying when we say those things? That's our question for tonight. Are all deaths God's will? Amnaya Lupandwana. This is SAFM. Facts of Faith begins right now. Naya Lupondwana on SAFM. I'm going to introduce you to our guests in no particular order and uh, do want to invite you as the most important guest to start dialing right from the very beginning. If you have an opinion, don't wait for other people to start speaking. Speak now. Well, and don't forever hold your peace. Beginning with Bishop Julius Spinoy, who is the president of the Christian Ministers of Southern Africa. Good evening to you, Bishop, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good evening, Naye. Good evening to all your guests and the listeners of SAFM. Joining us as well is Sheikh Rafiq Hassan. He's the founder and director of the Islamic Interfaith Research Institute. Good evening to you, Sheikh, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Uh, good evening, Naya, to the bishop, to your other guests and to your listeners, and good to be with you on the program. Then also we do have Mamukuli Zepeta. She's a member of the Baha'i faith. I need to say this all the time. She is not clergy. The Baha'i don't believe in clergy. Everyone is equally capable and fully entitled to represent their faith, and that's why she's here. Mamu's pet, good evening to you, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good evening, Nayek. Good evening, Chef and Bishop and all the listeners of SAFM. All right. Thank you, Tavisha. Now, I want us to begin our conversation right off the bat to be very blunt and very clear. Death. Who decides on death? Is it the evil one? Is it the devil? Is it some evil spirit? Is it death which has some sting? Who... Who is responsible for death? Is it God, the almighty creator, the controller of all things? Who exactly is responsible for death? I'm going to begin with you, Mums Pet. Go ahead. Good evening again, Nae and the listeners. Before I share my thoughts, I would like to start with uh, two quotes from Bahá'u'lláh from the cleaning. First one says, Verily, we are God. And to him shall we return. And this, from the same book, he says, talks about the mystery of man's death. He says, the mysteries of man's physical death and of his return have not been divulged and still remain unread. By the righteousness of God, were they to be revealed, they would evoke such fear and sorrow that some would perish while others would be so filled with gladness as to wish for death, and beseech with unceasing longing to the one true God, exalted be his glory, to hasten their end, as to those that have tasted of the fruit of man's earthly existence, which is the recognition of the one true God, exalted be his glory, their life hereafter is such as we are enabled to describe. This is Baha'u'llah saying this, but I would like to start by the, by the whole challenge of death, as we have highlighted already now. To me, it seems it's a paradox that we have created for ourselves. It rests in the tension between our attachment 
to the material world and our belief in the afterlife. It lies also in understanding the nature of human beings. The Baha'i belief regarding the nature of human beings is simple. Human beings have both a body and a soul. And the origin of the body is the material world. The body, as we all know, is composed of atoms and is subject to decomposition. Ultimately, the body has to die. This is not so with the soul, as we all know, as we believe, those who believe in afterlife. The soul is not a composition of elements or atoms. It is not physical, it does not decompose, it does not die. But the origin of the soul is the spiritual world. So we could discuss back and forth about the relationship between the body and the soul, but I don't think it's for this today's discussion. So for me, it's suffice to say that there is a very special relationship between the body and the soul. And this relationship lasts the span of the mortal life of the body. When the body dies, it returns to the material world, and the soul continues in the spiritual world, where it will continue to progress. Let, let me let me let me interject right there, Mamuspet. I want us I want I want us to 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 just nip it in the proverbial bud right now, so that even our other guests understand. For now, we're not even interested in the afterlife, um, though it is it is part of the whole conversation ultimately. But for now, we want to know. That which we are calling dying, that which we believe dies, whether it is the, you call it the flesh or the soul, whatever you are going to call it, that oh. which we are burying, it is because something has died. And now okay. we're trying to establish that which has died. Who caused it? Okay. Like I said, Bahá'u'lláh says, Verily we are God, and unto him shall we return. But coming to you. So regarding, for example, the specific death, as you say, being the will of God or not. People die of many causes, by many causes, we know that, by old age, illness, at the hands of another, war, accidents, disease, and sometimes unknown causes. But I believe we can never know whether this specific, a specific death is the will of God or has been the will of another person or through some accident. But there is two things that we know. As Baha'u'llah says, for example, says, Baha'u'llah says, nothing saves that which profited them can befall my loved one. Thus, even if death is not specifically the will of God, it falls into the greater scheme will of God, that whatever happens is meant to profit us. Secondly, another thing we're sure of, as much as people die, well, there, are, there is the one who dies, and then there is the us that are left, those who are not yet dead. So those to those who die, to who die, Baha'u'llah, for example, says death profited brings joy to those who die. But to those who are left, let's say the, he says he uses the word the true lovers, separation caused by death is grief. So our discussion today, I feel we may say it is untimely or it is too soon. But that is from our own perspective. And it is, I think it's a fair perspective because what it is really saying is that we were not prepared for this person to be separated from us physically. Let's, 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 let's rewind, Mamu's pet. Let, let's rewind to 1892. I want us to be as very specific as possible. The 29th of May, 1892. Mm -hmm. The early yes. hours of the morning. Yes. 
That is a very important day for the Baha'i people. Yes, the Baha'u'llah ascended. Yes. That's the point. Yes. Are you suggesting that he never died? Because as far as the government of Israel is concerned, that's when he died. No, remember I said in the early death of the body, the body dies. Okay. But the soul continues. And who caused that death? We, and, 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 and the quote I, I, I read from Baha'u'llah says, Verily we are God, and to him shall we return. God calls. And um, just, just now, remember I said, or just, just before you, you, you stopped, I said, for example, the, the, Baha'u'llah can say nothing says that which profited them can befall my loved ones. So in essence, even if that death, maybe we think or we think it's not a will of God, but at the end, it falls into the greater will of God. So you're saying it is God who killed Baha'u'llah? The, remember the at the beginning I said we are two we have the we dealing with duality here of the body. I understand, Bomo Spent. I understand. I'm, I'm talking about that which happened in 1892, 29th of May, 1892. Yes, the, body, the, what, body, the body, the body, the body reached a stage where it had to go back to to the material, to the soil. Abdul, Abdul Baha says um, the, the, the 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 body is like the cage. Yes. And then the bird is who we the are inside, fly. flies outside and ascends, so to speak. My question is, who opened the cage? Who destroyed the cage in the case of Baha'u'llah? The, the cage can be opened through illness. Through By illness. whom? By whom, ma'am? By God. Okay, so God ended the life of Baha'u'llah and the life of all, correct? Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Of the person. All right. And at the, the the life of that body. I understand. Of the real person, the soul. I understand. I don't want us to talk about. I don't want us to talk about that. I understand. I just want us to, to stick to this. So, in the case of the people who then, after the person, if Mamu's Peter dies right now, it yes. would be foolish of me to say, "Oh, Mamu's Peter has gone, so gone too untimely. soon, ma'am." Yes, untimely. <laughs> That's yes, foolish yes. of me to say that because God has made that decision as far as the Baha'i faith is concerned. Yes, but remember, we, like you said, for example, to separation, uh, separation caused by death brings grief to those who left. Granted, granted, but that grief should never cause us to contradict and undermine the authority of the God, right? No. Okay, got it. All right, all right. We're going to move on to uh, the, the Sheikh when we come back from the break. You're still listening <laughs> to Facts of Faith. Hashtag SAFM Facts of Faith. We are in conversation with our guest, Bishop J- Julius Malloy, Mamukulis Pet, and also Sheikh Rafiq Hassan. Sheikh, your take. Hi, Naya. Hi, Sheikh. Okay. From an Islamic point of view, it is very simple, Naya. We, you know, life and death, we do not treat it as separate entities. If you want to talk about death, then who gave us life in the first place? Where did the life come from for it to leave us? So in Islam, when we talk of death, we talk about God gives both life and death. So so we start with that. The, the fact that a baby is born, so which means God is the one that gives life, and then he determines when that life starts, when that person comes into existence in this world, and this person also determines uh, 
God determines when we come in and God determines when we're going to leave. So it's all determined by the creator who in the first place gave us life. Yeah. So I, I can understand the determination that would mean perhaps some schedule. But would you suggest that perhaps in the same vein that by so saying God causes that which he had predetermined? Yes. If we, in Islam, there's no contradiction there because who caused the life? The person who gave you the life, yeah. he, he takes it when he wants to. So because we don't question why he gave it to us and when he gave it to us. So, but you can question that too, but that's God. That's his prerogative. So yeah. he gives life when he wants to and yeah. brings us into existence. And he takes it at any time. Yeah. The Quran is clear. It's not... It's, it'll come unawares and it'll come at a time determined by him, Naya. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. All right. Thank you very much, uh, Sheikh. Let's go to the <laughs> bishop. Bishop, your take. Um, thank you again, Naya. Um, yes, if you are looking from a Christian perspective, uh, and uh, you will uh, actually, when you look at Genesis chapter 6, verse 3, you will see that uh, uh, it, 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 you know, um, states God actually making a decision about the limit of human years on on earth. And it says, Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be 120 years. And you see, that, that's the verse. But when you look at it, um, it's, it's clearly stated, and we can take it, you know, all the way from the times of uh, the genealogy, the Methuselahs who lived around 969 years. You look at Abraham, he lived 175 years. So you could see that from the, from the first genealogy um, of humans who lived around 800 odd years, 700 odd years, all the way down uh, to now, I think, if, if, if I'm correct, the last time it was around 75 years. So the question that you are raising is, uh, does God cause death? Mm. And we should not be ashamed to say, yes, he does. Uh, because the, f- the first time when Adam and Eve committed sin, <laughs> they actually uh, op- opened themselves up to the curse that came with it. And that curse was, the day that you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. It was it was like God making a commitment to say you shall surely yeah. die, yeah. and they did die. Uh, whether it was on the same day, uh, the way God calculates time, the way we calculate time, there will always be some difference there. Because He says to me, one year is like a thousand, uh, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. And you, if you check, you will find out that nobody has lived more than a thousand years. So to to that extent. Um, however, there is also, you know, because of that uh, sinful nature of mankind, then mankind allowed the, the the power or the influence of death to come over humanity. And uh, whether you die from a car accident, whether you eat poison, whether you are killed by another, and and so forth, because the first time that you see a recording of death in the Bible is when one and human being took the life of another. Actually, it's, it's when a brother kills a brother. Exactly. You yeah. see? And and it looks like God was sitting back and observing that. And when he went to challenge uh, Cain about it, he's like, 
but your blood, your your brother's blood is calling unto me from the ground uh, that 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 opened its mouth to 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 swallow him. So you can see God really uh, being concerned. And when you look at Jesus' story, he says, you know, no two sparrow falls to the ground without God being concerned about it. Yeah. So all death records to God, and therefore all death are controlled and allowed or rejected by God, given whatever his will determines at a particular time. All right. Perhaps we must just jump into that very point now, now that all of you have agreed. If we are all in agreement that death is caused by God, was it God's will for a brother to kill a brother? Was it God's will for Cain to be this villain from the very beginning? <laughs> well, I wouldn't say, you know, I, I think that the, 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 the definition there is, is very key because I don't think I would say it was God who said to Cain, go and kill your brother. But the, the advent of death or the, the manifestation of death was permitted. So that's why it could happen. Nobody has got the power over somebody else's life unless God has allowed that platform, that space for that to take effect. So like I was saying before, whether you, you, you drink poison, you take your own life, or whether life is taken by another, or whether life is taken by circumstance, but the loss of life is allowed, and God has allowed that to happen. I understand. But I understand there, Bishop. What I'm trying to establish now... I would now... go to the extent of, of saying or making it sound like God influenced that Cain must kill his brother. I don't think so, but death was going to happen to both of them because Cain also ended up dying as well. I can imagine so, Mother Eve and Daddy Adam were heartbroken that a young man such as Abel still waiting to have a family of his own. He could have been anything. He could have been a doctor. He could have been a lawyer. But his life was cut down prematurely by his own brother. Gone too soon, I can imagine them saying. Is it possible that perhaps we we are in error to say when our family members, our loved ones, are killed brutally by murderers? We say it's too soon, it's early. This life was cut down prematurely. When we see a little girl raped, butchered and murdered, dumped in some shack somewhere or in some shallow grave, we mourn and feel gone too soon. When a baby has been molested by a family member or perhaps a community member and then that community member burns that body. A baby, a five-month or two-year-old baby burns the body and then covers it up in garbage. Are we, are we, are we being religiously correct to say that life was cut down too soon if all three of you are going to agree that, well, death is God's will? Shake. Well, well, we are. Yeah, just, just, yes, Naya. Yeah, go ahead, Sheikh. Look, a car manufacturer makes a car, and he determines the safety features of that car. He's put it in there. But he also said, if you don't follow the safety features, you're going to crash, you're going to have a problem. And with that, you follow the rules of the road to drive safely, read safely to your destination. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. The, 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 there's rules of the road, and the car manufacturer itself has put safety features. Don't go beyond this limit. Don't go this. Don't do that. So those are the rules that God has set the rules in place. Thou shalt not kill is a commandment. This is Quran and in the Bible. Now, if 
now so many road accidents now in our roads. You can't blame the government. You can't blame the rules of the road. You can't blame the car manufacturer. You blame the driver. You don't blame God for all that. God has given the rules. He's given you the capability to do right and wrong. Human being has the freedom of choice. He has determined that choice, yes. But you have the, you are responsible for the choices you make. Now, there's a difference. It's a simple answer. It's a very good question you're asking now. Uh, you know, in the way we look at it from an Islamic perspective, there's a difference between the will of God and the knowledge of God. You have to separate the will of God from the knowledge of God. So God willed in his creation, in his creation, he made us with human beings to exercise free will to do right and wrong. And God has knowledge also, foreknowledge, of what each one is going to do, but he didn't determine it for us. That choice he gave us to make. Though he has knowledge of it, but he didn't will our actions, our own responsibility. It's, it sounds as though you're saying I, God is the one that brings water, but he doesn't bring the wet. Almost as though you're trying to separate the cause from the effect. It's not. No, it, look, now it's simple. I mean, it, it's, 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 for me, in my mind, it, you know, a manufacturer says don't go beyond the speed. When you're driving 120, 30 kilometers, don't put it into first gear. You're going you're gonna to blow the engine. If I do that, is it the manufacturer's fault? Let me, fo- let me follow fault? your, your train of thought. Fault? Let me follow your train of thought uh, there, Sheikh, because I've heard this argument before and perhaps you can help me and you can okay. clear it out. That train of thought suggests that God has determined, let's use the number that was were offered by the Bible, by uh, 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 the bishop, that 120 years were set for human beings to live. Now, if we all agree that God has set and predetermined that the maximum for human beings is 120. If I die at the age of 20, is that against God's will? If I, well, die, if I die at 20 months, mm-hmm. is that well, God's you, will or 20 days? You see, Naya, the Quran has said, uh, it looks at it, the Quran doesn't say that about 120 years. The Quran in chapter 22, verse 5 of the Quran God says very clearly, I've created human beings, and from birth the baby grows and you know, comes to youth, and, and some go to old age. Some I take their life back when they are still babies, others I take their life back in the youth, and others I take their life when they're very old. So God has already told us in the Quran that I can take your life at any time. Oh, just, just give us that verse there. I'd love to read that verse. Chapter there. 22, verse 5. All right. Um, would you like to, to read it for us, please? No, I, 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 I don't have it with me here now. Okay, chapter so 22. You have, you, I know you got the Quran there. Chapter 22, verse? Five. All right. Verse number five. All right. So you're suggesting, <laughs> so you're suggesting there, Sheikh, that um, we are talking about a God who has determined that he will take the life at three years or three... three yes. So, so yes, it, because he gave the life in the first place. It's his prerogative. I, I hear you. I hear you. So when that rapist does that, he's doing that according to God's will. He's fulfilling God's will. When he burns Who's that, that baby, that rapist no, that, that burns no, the baby no, no. is doing God's will. No. Uh, now, the, 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 the time of death, you know, that, that is set for that person is there. And obviously... The rapid is, is going to, this is not the only life. So I, I, it doesn't make sense and it's cruel, yes. But in Islam, with the, the, in Islamic cosmology, life and death are not two separate entities. So if that rapist did that and took that life, this is not the only life. This is just part of the total life. 
there's a consequence in the afterlife. So in Islam, we, we don't find a problem because this world is all going to die in any case. 120 years, 900, Noah, the Quran says, preached for 950 years. So the, the point we are saying is we mustn't only look at it from this material. For us, the life, there is, there is accountability of our actions of this life in the life that is following. So uh, there is a day of judgment and there is accountability. So for us, everything will be balanced out. We're going to die, whether I'm going to die by car accident, cancer, natural death. Death is inevitable. But uh, the person who committed wrong and took a life unnecessarily is going to pay the price or she'll pay the price. All right. Let me let me honor the text you have given to us. Uh, it's taken from Al-Hajj, the pilgrimage from uh, yes. uh, Fife, right? And yes. this, the version that I'm reading is the, is the clear Quran by Dr. Mustafa Katab. I'm hoping you're aware of that. All right. Um, okay. he, he, he translates uh, the Arabic and English in this form. Oh, humanity, if you are in doubt about the resurrection, then know that we did create you from dust, then from a sperm drop, then developed you into a clinging clot of blood, then a lump of flesh fully formed or unformed in order to demonstrate our power to you. Then we settle whatever embryo we will in the womb of what for an appointed term, then bring you forth as infants so that you may reach your prime. Some of you may die young, while others are left to reach the most feeble stage of life so that they may know nothing after having known much. And you see the earth lifeless, but as soon as we send down rain upon it, it begins to stir to life and swell, producing every type of pleasant plant. That's verse five. Did I read that correctly, there, Sheikh? Yes. All right. Yeah, that's that's the that's that's well read. Okay. All right. So I want to bring in Mamuz Pet on, on on this very note. Mamuz Pet, it sounds yeah. it sounds as though, um, uh, like I said to the Sheikh, we are all comfortable to say God created water, but no one wants God to take the responsibility for getting us wet. God creates death, but it is not God who kills. It sounds like we're trying to separate the inseparable. Help, help me understand how you could say that God brings death, and yet there is some discomfort to allocate the manner in which people die to God. Uh, to, to, to me, as Sheikh has said, to look in... in um in one way, the, the, the cause of death, let's say um, butchered or raped or whatever, whatever. Yes, it is fair for us because we are on this earth, we see these things. But in reality, when we talk of death, death and life, as they said, are just two sides of the same coin. We will die whatever way, whatever time. And also the concept of time and space and in, is, is based on our own understanding as well and our own perspective. Hence, we focus more on the way a person died instead of the person has died. Yes, I'm not saying it's unfair or it's incorrect to focus on the way, but I think the essence of death is separation of the body from the soul, is breaking of that cage. So that cage, if it fell by accident or someone came and beat it or somebody did whatever, I hear you, but it's, it's, not, the, it's not the essence. It will happen one way or other might not fall it might not fall it might just age so what do you say to that L listen to this logic mamuzpet 
If you're saying that God has determined that you will die at the age of 60, yes. how does he arrive at the conclusion that you're going to die? Surely his plan is, I'm going to strangle this one to death using the hand of <laughs> Nye. I'm going to poison this one by having lunch with Nye and Nye is going to poison this one. Surely uh, all of this is in God's We are simplifying it something a complex concept. Here I would understand me as left behind, yeah. leaving the Nye gone, whether according to my perspective, I feel Nye was too young, was too energetic. It's immaterial with God because at the end, as we all have agreed, we are God. He determines. He knows our 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 timing and everything. And it's it's like, for example, the the, the Baha'i writings also say, with especially those who die, we say die too young. The analogy of a gardener. So where the gardener will will thin uh, the plants or transplant the plant and put it in another state. This is termed as a hidden secret, which is well known to the gardener. But those souls who are unaware of this bounty, suppose that the gardener in his anger or rest has uprooted the shrub. Yet to those who are aware, this concealed fact is manifest and this predestined decree is considered a bounty. So we should not feel grieved. It's, just, it's our own way of responding to this thing of death. Yes, I agree, some kill, whatever, but I wouldn't say God. We cannot say God brings water and is not responsible for wetness because he determines. Like, you know, people, also another story, someone will be stabbed a hundred times, left for dead, and doesn't die. That's a mystery. That's a miracle Mm. we do not know. Hence, my first quote was saying, some of these things are beyond our perception, but we are here according to our understanding and our perception. All right, I want to open the lines again. The lines are open. Oh, I nearly gave the wrong number. I'm used to the wrong number. Um, I was still using 0891, Joey. Um, okay, I'm going to give you the new number 011-714-2006. 011-714-2006. Call us and tell us. In your understanding, are all deaths God's will? And when you pick up that phone to call, be ready to answer. If you believe, yes, they are God's will, then how do you separate the manner in which God's will was executed from God's intention for that person to die? If God intended for Naya to die when he leaves the studio, his show ends at 8, he does his debriefs with his producer, and as soon as he goes, gets into the car, and the car explodes. How do we? How do we exclude God from the? If God planned for me to die, how do we exclude God from the manner in which I die? After all, He planned it, isn't it? Like you hear, you heard Mamuz Peter saying, "God controls everything. Nothing happens in life without God making it happen." Then you read, you heard the Quran there saying. I or we created you from a drop of sperm to a clot of blood and formed you and so forth. All these evolutionary stages that the Quran puts there. If God engineered the manner in which you are going to come into the world, why are we extricating him from the responsibility of engineering the way you exit this earth? I want you to understand the logic. This is not predetermining anything for you, but I need you to be able to answer the question, how do you say God is not responsible for death and yet you no. believe God is responsible for it? Oh, I don't know that. Come in then, All right, eh? go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Bishop. Um, 
Remember as well, I think the topic of, of death, for, let, let's go back to the issue of uh, uh, gone too soon, right? Yeah. It is correct for every person to say gone too soon, purely because it is human experience of death or loss. We all hope that Naya would live with us for as long as possible. So as, no matter how much we are aware that you will one day leave us, even a granny of 95 years, we will still say right. gone too soon. Because our engagement with you, our interaction with you, we want it to last forever because that's how, it, how, that's how human beings love and appreciate one another's presence. However, at the same time, coming to saying God is responsible for the water but not the wet, I would think that uh, when, when, when you look at uh, the book of Romans, it says, for the wages of sin is death. So death comes and manifests in a number of ways. And we should be conversant with that understanding as well. Yeah. Because if we take a one-sided approach and view of death, for an example, is our definition and explanation of death the same in God's eyes. For example, Jesus Christ is hanging on the cross with two sinners. The other sinner, we don't know their names. The one guy says, remember me when, when, you, when you're in paradise. And Jesus Christ says, tonight I will be with you. What did he mean? You know, uh, When you look at the story of Samuel and uh, the, the witch of Endor and Saul, you see that uh, Samuel came back from the dead through the witch of Endor and made a prophecy to Saul. Was he dead? Was he sleeping? And where did he get the prophecy from? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You look at the last example, the story of Lazarus. When Martha and Mary come to Jesus and say he's dead, he says, no, uh, that guy is not he's dead. Sleeping. He's sleeping. And it's for the glory of God so that, the, uh, so that the Son of God can be glorified thereby. So our understanding should not be just one-sided or our definition of death should not be one-sided because we are pushing a specific narrative. But we need to, so maybe personally I feel like we need more time to expantiate on this concept of death, our perspective of it, what the scriptures completely say about death, and then we'll be able to, to, to explain or give reason to why we are saying uh, uh, God is responsible. Interesting that you would be the one who's saying that there, Bishop. When we, after I finish taking the calls, I want you to respond to a question about the very planning of the death of Jesus. It mm. would appear, though, prophecies planned even the manner in which he is going to die. And yet we, we feel with everybody else, no, the manner of death is not predetermined. It is not done by God. Even when he hangs at the cross, he still says, why have you forsaken me? But we'll talk about that when I finish all my calls here. I want to go to the lines, those of you who have called us. Let's go to Marvin first. Marvin in PE. Good evening, Marvin. Good evening, sir. How are you? Well, thank you, Marvin. Go ahead. Okay. I just want to add on to that, man. Uh, I'm not expert in the field of death or clues up on the scriptures or so, but I would just like to say maybe that uh, God is not is, is not uh, 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 does not um, how can I say um, determine the way someone dies. Um, going back to like you said now on like Jesus Christ on the cross when he died, I don't think that was um, a plan. I mean, so brutally to die. And I also hear the point which uh, 
the comments that were made about being molested or so. I just think that God has a plan, like you said, at birth for each and every one of us. So we already knew at, 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 at the beginning of someone's life that that person will be a rapist. So at the end of the day, he just did what he, what he was here for in the first place, I think. I understand about the rapist. What about the one who's going to be raped, murdered, butchered, and then burnt perhaps and left for dead in some ditch there? Is that God's will as well? I wouldn't say it's God's will. What would you say? I would just like to say maybe uh, 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 the... Is it against God's will, perhaps, Marvin? The manner of dying. That atrocious manner of dying. Is it against against God's will? If you're saying you wouldn't say it is God's will, is the opposite the correct? This is very confusing, even to any person. Because God's will, nobody knows what what God's will is. Well, the Bible does say that God wants us to die. He drowns people. With yeah. the flood, he drowns soldiers sent by the Egyptian emperor there on with water. He burns people in Sodom and Gomorrah. We know God's will is to kill people. He does and he has killed oh so many times. But in this case, we seem to be apprehensive about saying, yes, God kills even children. It's okay when he kills the people who are opposing Moses, when he sends snakes, when he sends the death to the firstborn. It's okay for us to say that. But we are uncomfortable to say, yes, God killed my mother. God killed my son. We are, we, for some reason, we don't want to say it like that. I don't know why, Marvin. It's very complex. Okay. I think All it's right. very complex because, uh, like the lady said, you can be stabbed a hundred times and yep. you don't die. That's right, that's right. Thank you very much, Marvin. Appreciate you, your call, you, sir. You. Let's go to my anonymous in Durban. Good evening, my anonymous. To you, uh, marvelous topic. We need to talk about death a lot more. Uh, uh, you know, when a person in Islam, you can uh, uh, you can ask a sheikh to bear witness. Well, you know, I don't know whether I'm so learned in it, but in Islam it says that if you the day you are born. It is jotted down the day you are born, and that, and and it's also jotted down in the books of the angels, or in God's books that you will die on that particular day. Maybe you'll die at 96. Maybe you'll die stillborn. We we, we agree with that. Every, everyone agrees with that. It's the manner of dying and the time of no, dying and, and when we're saying too murder, soon. The, that's murder. That's sheer murder. That's not called for by God because the person with his mindset uh, does what he or she pleases oh. that God didn't ask them to do it. Maybe he's walking in the path of Satanism. So in the, ca- so in the case of murder, the person who has been murdered has died against God's will. God had no control over that person's yes, life. Therefore, therefore, that person gets to heaven. If I kill you, oh, wow. I am, uh, you, will get, you will go to heaven, but I will still be a sinner. Okay. And also, I wanted to ask you a question, Naya, to ask your guests. Do they know how miracle every human being is, a male or a female? Because you're born from a little liquid. Right. How does that liquid turn into a framework and a human being and you are given life? Mitosis, cell division. Mitosis, biologists explain mitosis, cell divisions, how cells divide themselves and so forth. But hey, that's a conversation for another day. Thank you very much, ma'am. Appreciate your calls. Go to Colin. Colin is in Cape Town. Good evening, Colin. Good evening. Long time no year. I've been here. Not you. You No, I would love at the end of this program, you're questioning us. 
Give your opinion. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I'm writing a book. Uh, 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 yes, yeah, I dare you. I, I dare you. I have a problem publishing you it. Know, <laughs> <laughs> we have to read the book now. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Colin. It's a, it's a hell of a topic. You know, they talk about ages and things like at 69, 900, 1,000 years and so and so. Remember calendars in those years, never had 12, they had 12 months and all yeah, those things. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? The Gregorian calendar, cut, yes. Yeah, let, let's cut short. Go ahead. You know, um, there's a part in the Bible, I shall come as a thief at night. Now, it doesn't tell you if it's young, unborn, or old. Be prepared. Now, what's happening now, the way I look at it, the way I look at it, um, it's the perpetrator which is going to suffer and answer to what that perpetrator did to that small child or grown-up or whatever it is or something like that. And uh, I know for a fact, I've read it, that uh, the day you are born, your time, your book is already been signed off. Does that Whether include the way in which that book is going yes, to end? That is why there will be sin, there will be murders, there will be fathom, there'll, the world will be upside down. Yeah. So, so, so if I'm Eve. following your logic there, uh, uh, Colin, so God predetermined that we are going to suffer and die from COVID-19. Correct. I reckon, I reckon, I reckon we inherited that. Now imagine now if Adam and Eve did the right thing. Where would we all be in heaven? A beautiful world, eh? I don't think so. All right. All right. Thank you very much, Colin. Appreciate your call. Um, I want to give this opportunity before uh, we we conclude our conversation to the Sheikh because the Sheikh has to leave us in a short while. Sheikh, you're listening to the guests and I'd like to hear your take. If we all agree, and this is the question that I was hoping that everybody would get to answer. If we all agree that everyone is dying because God has willed death at a particular time, and yet we've seen so many deaths that have happened in history and history, including the history of our uh, scriptural characters, where God would predetermine the manner in which people are going to die. Why yeah. are we distinguishing the manner of dying in our time? And yet your scriptures would tell you that and God visited death upon these people or this person. If we know that God... Even the manner of death God caused with the people in your scriptures, in the Quran and in the Bible. Why would we exclude that in present day experiences? Okay, now, you see, as I said, in Islam, we don't run away from that point. Like if we take Sodom and Gomorrah, we did that program, remember, once before. And there are instances where God himself inflicted punishment on communities. Burning people alive, yes. Burning people. So that's God's prerogative. And we don't shy away from that. But so I think because he gives life and he he gives warnings, and then if they don't listen, he punishes. So that's that's how it is. Yeah. That's how they, we see nothing wrong. But the question, I think I, I missed out, and I want to end with this. In chapter 3, verse 170, you can read it maybe later on. The manner of death now, this is interesting. When an individual takes life, somebody else's life now, did God determine that? Now, God did not determine the manner in this sense that he told that person to go and kill him. That person will be accountable. Life and death is, in Islam is not separate issues. That person is going to be held accountable. And in, if you were killed... Except in the war, though. It, eh? Except in war. As far as war, the killings that happen in a state of just war, when mm. one people war against another people, just wars, fair and normal wars that we see all the time in scriptures, 
God doesn't yeah. hold the soldiers accountable for those killings. No. You see, now it's at a national You find Muhammad Ali refused to go to war. You still have, an, you have conscientious objectives. If the war is not a just war, you have a right to object. That's why so, I call, I'm referring to the just ones. I'm not referring to those that we would conscientiously object to. I'm talking about yeah. a war that is just for one to embark but on. In a just, like, in a, yeah, in a just war... Uh, justice means it's according to in having broken God's law and, jo- and like self-defense, for example. Eh? Like self-defense, people rain down bombs yeah. on you. You're entitled to defend yeah. yourself. Yes. those people. Yeah, so that's that's acceptable. I think even in common law and in every scripture. I just want to make a point now about the the person who kills somebody, the manner of death. I didn't make. I want to just make this point then and answer directly because I didn't do that in the first time. So if you have been wrongfully killed, you know, raped or whatever, yeah. the lady was trying to allude to it, and you'll find this verse in chapter 3, verse 170. Yes, outwardly we're looking at it, it's gruesome, but God then recompensates that person who has been raped or murdered mm-hmm. with what we call martyrdom. It's called a status of martyrdom, and they get a reward, you know, because life continues. And the martyr actually wants to come back and experience that again. We're so, looking at it from the worldly side as gruesome. So that martyr the, died. A, so, so it was an oops occasion for God. Oops, this person died and I could not protect him. So I'm going to reward him after death. You see, certain people in, are, are rewarded with martyrdom. We look at it as gruesome here. But from the, because you can't, we can't separate. In, in Islam, we don't separate the manner of death, death and life after death. It's all, it's all continuous. We're not separating them. So this, we look at it as gruesome, yeah, but immediately after that, life is continuing even longer. And on that side of the equation, what looked gruesome, yeah, is something that was so well rewarded that the person didn't mind that happened. This is how we look at it. Just before you go, just before you go, uh, my producer just put a question on screen I find very intriguing. What if murderers kill one another? What if a murderer kills another murderer? What if a, a, a butcher butchers another butcher? Right. The, the, surely there there has to be some matter of discernment there. Who is is the one? Is the butcher who has been butchered going to go to heaven? Is he going to be regarded as a martyr? Yeah. You see, in all these matters, uh, in Naya, uh, this is God's prerogative. I don't think none of us can determine who goes to heaven and hell. God, who is the creator, will determine that, and He is just. So right. if both have to go to hell. If the other guy, we we are not here to judge. God is the judge, and he will do a just judge. He will be he's a fair and just judge. Not only, don't look at it only in this world. In Islam, we look at both scenarios. Right. Life is the, and death are opposite sides of the, of the same coin. If you separate it, it's going to be confusing. But if right. you look at it all in one go, there's no confusion. All right. Not enough time. Thank you very much, Sheikh. Really okay. appreciate you coming through and Keep talking well. to us. Sheikh Rafiq Hassan, founder and director of the Islamic Interfaith Research Institute. All right. Um, uh, let's, let's go to the bishop. Bishop, I've been listening to the callers and I'm trying to figure it out. If we are correct as people to want to, well, to talk about Bible times as just Bible times. Yes, those killings that were done engineered and executed by God are only in Bible times, but in our times, the situation is different. I'd like to hear the Christian perspective. We know what happened at Sodom and Gomorrah. We know what happened when the crossing of the, uh, the crossing of the Red Sea, the killing of the firstborns, the list goes on. Hell, killing even the Israelites with the snakes and, and starvation and meat and all of that. Surely we know those ways, those means by which people died then 
were executed by God, engineered and executed by God. In some situations, even God turned a brother against brother. Surely uh, there should be a measure of continuity and consistency in our hermeneutic. If God were to be able to do and engineer the manner of death then, surely he should be able to do it even now, Bishop. Well, you're, you, you're correct. Um, we, if we follow that trajectory, um, there is no scriptural reference that we can use to say that has changed. However, we should note that uh, Jesus Christ says he came to die so that whoever, you know, the Bible says, for God gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes may not die but have everlasting life. That already tells you that the continuity of death happening uh, is still there. And that's why we even die today. And if you look at all the prophecies in the book of Daniel, and even with the mouth of Jesus himself, he will speak about pestilences happening, where you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, and people will die. If you look at uh, the book of Revelation, it also uh, denotes to the mass death of people because of one event or another. So the concept of death and people dying a mass or people dying for whatever reason, I mean, if you also again look at the book of Romans, it also speaks about the wages of, death, of sin being death. It doesn't say that the sinner will be the one that dies. But he, he says, when the, where there is sin, death will manifest. Yeah. So because of that, we do accept that even today, death of individuals, death of groups of people, uh, manifest because of the prophecies. But if you look at all the prophetic declarations about the death that is coming to pass, it always talks about the, heighten, the heightening of evil. And once the, 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 the amount or the degree of evil grows, the level of death you see also, you know, All right. growing as well. Hold the thought. I want to take some voice notes before my time is. I've got two minutes remaining. I'm going to try and squeeze as many as I can. Go ahead, Sylvester. And I, like, um, I believe that God has predetermined when I will be born and when I will die. Unfortunately, the how part I'm going to die is the one that is a little bit of a difficulty. Yeah. So if you killed me, unfortunately, you are the one who caused my death, but I will die because it's the time God has determined that I will die. You are the unfortunate part of effecting my death. It's just like the issue of jesus and the person who betrayed him yeah he was the unfortunate one who led to the betrayal of god of, Je of jesus thanks all right mr nice i have the bible here in my hand ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse is uh, 16 and 17 so don't be too good or too wise. Why kill yourself? 17. But don't be too wicked or too foolish either. Why die before you have to? Yes. That means to me you can die before your time. And I don't think that is God who will determine when yeah. you really should die. Nice, nice, nice. Let's play the final one, Lester. Hello, God never created evil. God never created bad. 
God never loves bad. God only created good. Death came about with the issue of Adam and Eve were actually encouraged to eat the forbidden fruit. So it's obvious they were forbidden. And it's obvious they were encouraged with something evil. So evil is what brought about death. That's in accordance with me, according to my thoughts and knowledge I take it. Got it. All right. That's how we're going to conclude our conversation. To all my guests, Bishop Julius Molloy, thank you. Mamukuli Zipet, thank you. And also, I've already said thank you to Sheikh Rafiq Hassan. From me, Nayalu Pondona, and the team, have a wonderful evening and Godspeed.